It's lunchtime, a great time to talk spider football. This is Behind the Web with University of Richmond head coach Russ Huseman. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on Ridgefield Parkway. Today's show is brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Bryant Heating and Cooling, World of Beer, Lux Chevrolet, and Virginia 529. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using Spider Voice at Richmond Athletics or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black with Coach Huseman. This is Behind the Web presented by Glory Days Grill on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Here's a pass to the corner of the end zone for Leroy Henley from Reese Udinski, and he grabs it for the Spider touchdown. What a throw by Udinski as he lofted it from the right hash mark all the way into the left back corner of the end zone perfectly into the waiting hands of Leroy Henley. Here comes the rush. He throws downfield and a diving interception by Tristan Wheeler down at the 26-yard line. Wheeler with the INT. Big time play. Talk about the athleticism. Come on, put that man in at receiver. (laughs) I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think we're going to keep him at linebacker where he has flourished, Tristan Wheeler for the Richmond Spiders. But he did show his great hands back to his high school days when he was catching some passes. All part of the Spiders' victory over Hampton on the road last Saturday. Spiders wind up winning it 41-10 to and now got their sights set on another road game this week, heading up to Orono, Maine, in a battle with the Maine Black Bears. We're going to talk about all of that on today's Behind the Web. Welcome to the program. Uh, love the folks that are here in the house. There's still time and room for you to come on out, have lunch, talk some Spider football with Coach Usman. Our special player guest today, Richmond wide receiver Jacob Harris, will be joining us here in the middle segments in a few moments, and we'd love for you to interact with the program as well. Uh, text us, 804 327-0888 or email us behind the web at richmond.edu coach how you feeling congrats on another win last week thanks i mean it was good to go on the road get a ca win um you know hampton had pl- been playing pretty good uh, you know they're four and two coming into it and you know had got their first win the week before had some confidence beating an albany team who's been playing really and they're not winning but uh you know they've been playing everybody really close uh, and then played played Maine really well the week prior to that. So uh, we felt like we had our work cut out for us, and our guys went down there and responded. It seemed as though the game was almost a, a microcosm, if you will, of the season where the, the Spiders have been getting better week by week by week by week. It seemed in that game Saturday that's kind of what happened. I know you weren't overly pleased at halftime. I wouldn't say it was terrible at halftime, um, had the lead and all of that, and then it seemed to get significantly better in the second half all the way to the end of the game when Fene Webb goes 87 yards yeah. for touchdown. Yeah, at half I wasn't uh, real thrilled. I, you know, the one big play they hit on us, we missed a bunch of tackles there and took some poor angles and you had a couple loafs on the play. It was just a bad play uh, all the way around. You know, right before the half, they, you know, they moved it down the field to get the field goal. Um, you know, we have it second and goal from the one-yard line offensively and, and, and have to settle for a field goal. So those things, you know, kind of drive you nuts. But mm-hmm. second half, we came out and we did what we had to do. We played well on defense, you know, did enough on offense, and uh, special teams were solid again. 
Uh, you got Reese Yudinsky back to doing what Reese Yudinsky does best, right? I mean, you had to tweak some things for the Villanova game because of what they gave you. Gave you, but man, there he was again. Thirty of thirty-seven, three hundred and fourteen yards, three touchdowns. He's efficient. I mean, he knows where he's going with the football. He he does an excellent job, and uh, uh, we've got some guys that are making plays for him. Uh, you know, he's thirty of thirty-seven, and I think we had maybe three drops. Um, you know, one probably for a touchdown. So, you know, it could have even been a bigger day for him. Those drops, how do you guys kind of approach that? How does Winston October kind of coach that up uh, to make sure that doesn't happen? Because obviously these are really good wide receivers. Yeah, one was a running back uh, Uh, down the sideline there. And, uh, you know, he was just – he saw, you know, open to the end zone mm -hmm. and try to start running. And I think um, Nick DiGennaro did the same thing. You know, he started running for a touchdown before he caught the ball. Uh, But we've we've caught just about everything that's been thrown to us this year. Not only caught everything, but then gained significant yards after catch, right? I think that's been a a really good stat for your guys catching the ball this year. And maybe in both of those cases, they were already thinking about yards after catch huh yeah i mean it was i think it's all the way across the board i think every one of our wideouts are, are doing that mm-hmm. um you know even noah washington had a you know a big third down catch and and uh he you know he caught a hitch and and had to get six or seven more yards after the hitch and he got it lowered his shoulder and you know got us another first down there so most of the guys are doing a really good job they're 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 catching the football and, uh, you know, they're, they're turning it. And, you know, part of it, too, is Reese puts it in the right spot where they can run with it. Uh, and that's huge. Uh, and you mentioned enough in the second half, 17 points. And, again, uh, pitching that shutout, if you will, in the second half by your spider defense, Rush, just getting better and better. And, and that defensive line, again, uh, dominant. I know you, you tweaked a few things on that defensive line this past week. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, we've been playing pretty good defense. I mean, hold Villanova to 10 and then, mm-hmm. and then Hampton to 10. Um, you know, Elon, you know, 17 in regulation. Um, <clears throat> so they've been they, they've been playing, uh, you know, really good defense. And then up front, we're playing good. You know, I guess the tweak you're talking about is we moved um, in passing situation, moved Jeremiah Grant inside to get another pass rush guy in there. So with him and Marlam and, and Xander rushing the passer, you know, that, that really helps us out there. And, 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 and Jeremiah did a great job. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? I mean, is that something that you and Justin Wood had been thinking about, talking about, tweaking, playing around with it in practice before you use it in a game uh, to do something like that where you had all three defensive ends in at the same time? Well, Justin in the defensive staff, you know, a while back, had, uh, you know, had said that that's something that they want to do moving forward. And, um, you know, and, and it's it's great, you know, when you got some depth. Um, we don't have a ton of depth. You know, all of a sudden you start to get into games that are a little bit tighter and, and those types of things. But they they made that decision and uh, give them a lot of credit. Uh, you know, it's worked out and uh, we'll continue with that process moving forward hey i want to throw a uh, a stat out at you here and tell me if this is these are just numbers or if there are reasons why this might happen second quarter outscoring opponents 93 to 34 and third quarter 41 to 6 are those just numbers or are things happening in the i mean this is seven games worth of data now and those numbers are staggering in the spiders favor in the second and third quarter of games you know i've, I've never looked at that to be honest with I you didn't i didn't until i saw those yeah, numbers actually uh, i have no idea what the, what it means um 
and you know but, but obviously we talk and ha- you know our guys mm-hmm. understand we got to play the second half no matter what the score is we got to play and play hard and and win the second half and and I'm glad we're doing that and we're coming out pretty quick in the third quarter it looks like uh so you know proud of our guys for that and even the fourth quarter you're you're doubling your opponent in points so is some of that perhaps the adjustments that you're making as coaches and that the players are responding to at halftime carrying forward to the second half you know i'm sure it has some something to do with it but you know the uh the team we're playing is probably making some adjustments too so um i would i would think and uh I think it's a, it's a mindset with our football team, to be honest with you. And they understand that we got to come out and play the second half. We got to play sixty minutes, and you know, and it, it doesn't always look smooth. But uh, fortunately, they're coming they're coming out and trying to finish games. Maybe our coaches are just better than their coaches, right? I mean, Russ isn't going to say that, but we can say that, right? Maybe our coaches are just better than the other coaches. Well, I'll say that. We got good coaches, no question. <laughs> right from the head coach on down, you do, for sure. And you have talked all year long about the focus of your team and how it really has not wavered, right? I mean, really from Virginia through Hampton and now on to Maine, what they do week in and week out really hasn't changed. Like, if you came out to practice in the middle of the week, you wouldn't know if we were coming off a win or coming off of a loss the week before, right? That and, you know, no matter who the opponent is, um, you know, we talk about prepare the same way every week. And, you know, going into the Hampton game, you know, I kind of got after him on a Tuesday practice, but we had talked about, you know, obviously beating Villanova and, and how you prepare for Villanova and what you do against Villanova. I said, you got to take that approach and even add to it this week. I mean, you can't. You can't say, all right, well, I, I'm going to watch a little extra film because it's Villanova or because it's William and Mary. I mean, you got to your, – your process has to be the same week in and week out and how you prepare, how you practice, how much film study you have. Uh, and, and, I, and I think our guys have done a good job with that. Well, how was the Wednesday practice after you got after them a little bit on the Tuesday practice? I mean, it was better than Tuesday for sure, yeah. And, then, and, and you know, I watched the Tuesday practice and it wasn't – you know, it wasn't awful, but I probably was in a little bit of an irritable mood, and uh, and I knew I knew the the you know sometimes there is a letdown. You know, you you win a big game like at Villanova, and you know sometimes there can be a letdown in preparation, and and so you know I didn't I didn't like the way practice kind of went. So, but yeah, Wednesday was fine. Sometimes human nature is a coach on the other mm-hmm. sideline against you, and it may have happened a little bit in that game um, for sure. And the other part about Hampton, Russ, at least after the game and talking to some of the guys, they were like, that's some of the hardest hitting that we've had from an opponent all year. Uh, Tom Ilya had mentioned something to me. I saw him after the game with the guy across the line of scrimmage from him. Obviously, Josiah Williams took a hard hit. Our, our guest here today, Jacob Harris, took a hard hit that, that you know, you got to be prepared like you just said, for whoever the opponent is, uh, they definitely thought that was one of the harder-hitting games of the year. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty athletic. Um, and the bottom line is they're, they're well-coached. Um, offense, defense, special teams, they know what they want to do. They execute it. Um, 
they're well coached. They, you know, they bend their knees. They do all the things that you should do to be a good football team. You know, they may not have as good of players as us right now, mm-hmm. but I think that coaching staff down there has done a really nice job with them. Well, one of those really good players for the Richmond Spiders is with us today. He is a graduate wide receiver Jacob Harris coming off another 100-yard game in that victory against Hampton and a great touchdown reception for the Spiders down there in that game as well. We're going to talk about all of that with Jacob Harris. He joins us next. We're live at Glory Days Grill out here in the West End, Ridgefield Parkway and the Glen Eagles Shopping Center. Love for you to be a part of the program out here or, again, if you've got questions, now's a great time to text them or email them to us. 804-327-0888 is the text line behind the web at richmond.edu is our email address. Jacob Harris joins us next behind the web on 1061 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now more behind the web live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. From the Hampton 22 on first and 10, Udinski sets the throw. He's going for the end zone for Jacob Harris, who makes the catch, tight ropes the sideline. I like the ball placement by Udinski. He put it where either your guy's going to get it or nobody can get it. So he puts it right on that sideline. It's really close. I think they may take a look at it. Yeah, the officials have stopped play, and they will take a look at the replay. Jacob Harris did get a foot down in the far reaches of the end zone for his 28th career touchdown catch, and the Spiders are on the board. Jacob Harris, seven catches, 109 yards, and that touchdown, as if maybe you could tell if you were listening closely enough, that one took a lot of editing to get it into about 20 seconds because the original call was incomplete. So we, we edited that down from real time uh, to what was important about that play and getting that foot down in the end zone. Jacob, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Appreciate having you here today. How are you? Yes, sir. Good. Thank you. Take us through that one and what you thought when you caught that ball, if you thought you were in, even though the initial indication from the officials was incomplete. Yeah, I'd originally thought I did catch it, but they called it out, and I knew it was close, so I didn't really want to you know, make a big fuss about it. But, you know, they reviewed it, and uh, it was a touchdown. So it was a great ball by Reese. Uh, as many of them are. Um, Russ, is that something you guys on the sidelines are imploring officials to do, or do they do that? pretty much on their own on a play like that one it's it's all on their own no question and uh you know he came back and said he was in and i remember billy kosh up here and says he always says he's in everyone (laughs) (laughs) don't believe him sure enough he was in on that he should have believed him but you know what that brings up a point like you receivers are so good at that your guys nfl guys doesn't matter in my opinion when in doubt call you in because i think more often than not you guys at the college level are getting one foot in the nfl guys are getting two feet in how do you get good at doing that i mean is there a way you actually practice tight roping the sideline like that yeah so our receivers coach he has a little saying he says football plays are nothing but an extension of football drills and um Hmm. that's something we work on and you know sideline catches tap tight rope be different terms for it but um just practicing and uh, knowing where your body is and having a feel of where you are on the field and um, just becoming better at it every day. Um, is that something that kind of continually got better for you from the time you were at VMI to the time you are at Richmond? Is some of that just, just natural instinct to know where you are on the field? 
Um, I think it's a combination of both, just uh, just naturally being able to know where you are, where you're running your route. But um, it definitely takes time, and I think everything takes work. And um, we put a lot of work in, you know, at VMI. But, you know, obviously here, Coach October has done a great job with us and preparing us for game situations like that. What's he been like as your uh, as your quarterback coach? Uh, the longtime Spider fans who are here today remember him playing for Richmond as a defensive back and a, a really good one, defensive back and, and kick returner. Yeah, I've – I've never seen a coach like him. I've never been around a coach like him. He's just – the way he interacts with us, you would think he's just another player sometimes. But um, he's done a great <laughs> job. We res- we respect him so much. And uh, I think he's done a great job of having us all buy in from top to bottom and, you know, not letting people get discouraged maybe if they're not playing or just talking to us about lifestyle things, not even about football. And um, I just think he's doing a great job, and I'm happy that he's here with us. Russ, when you hear a a player talk about his position coach like that, uh, that's got to make you feel pretty good. And I know you've been trying to bring Winston back into the web a couple of times over now before you got him this time. Yeah, I think he's doing a great job. Um, Our group of receivers this year compared to last year is night and day. they're 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 making plays. Uh, they're blocking. They know their assignments. There's very few men layers, and you know, and that's and you know, because that's a sign of a good coach is when your guys go out there and they they you know as soon as it's called, you know, I can't remember all the times last year where people were looking over and coaches are screaming, "Get on the ball, get off the ball," or "You got this," or "You got that." I never see that with our offense. I mean, they just kind of. They know where to line up, they get lined up, and then they can go execute. <clears throat> Jake, how much have you helped the receivers? We talk with Reese a lot since he got here, summertime, camp, all of that, that he knows the offense. He knows Billy Kosh's offense. He's helping guys learn the offense. But you know it, too. You you played there at VMI. Um, what kind of assistance do you give, particularly the guys in your wide receiver room? Yeah, I think it's sort of the same thing, you know, just – I have been in this offense for a very long time and kind of know the ins and outs of it. And just whenever guys have questions and just maybe being able to explain it as a player rather than maybe a coach, Mm -hmm. they might have just different terms or a different understanding of it. But, you know, just being there when I can and, you know, helping the younger guys or just helping whoever really and just trying to get better each day. And as uh, Coach mentioned, and you you mentioned as well, it's a really deep wide receiver room. Maybe speak a little bit to that chemistry, but also it is crowded in there, and there's only one football, and there's only so many wide receivers you can put on the field at one time. Yeah, so there's another quote that Coach October goes by. He goes, uh, one, one shine, we shine. And, um, you know, when one person is doing great, it's a, it's a product of, you know, other people running the right route and, you know, everybody just working with each other in order to, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to win. And, um you know, stats are great if you're an individual type of guy, but I don't think we have any of those type of players in our room. And, uh, you know, if Leroy catches 10 balls one game, Josiah could catch 10 balls the next game. And um, I think it just top to bottom, I think everybody's worked very hard, and um, I'm very proud of everybody. Do you guys have to memorize all these sayings and quotes from Coach October? I mean, is there is there a test or something? You're, you're kind of regurgitating them out here pretty flawlessly. No, yeah. I'm, he just, the way he, it's kind of crazy. He has so many stories for, you know, so many different situations for us and just very good just sayings like that that just stick in our head. And um, they're, they're very motivational and um, just like one shine, we shine. It's just a team game and we just want to win. 
Coach, do uh, Winston's quotes kind of carry over to the rest of the team? Is he sharing these with everybody else? Are they up on the marker board in the locker room? Just what? Uh, no, that's first I heard those. Um, <laughs> so, no, but, you know, Winston is not – he's – little active on Twitter, and he, he really yeah. he, he does some good things on Twitter and, and really, um, you know, positive and everything he talks about and positive about the Spiders. Um, you know, he's he, he, he's so bought into the University of Richmond. He's been bought in for a long time, mm-hmm. obviously, but, you know, this year he's really helped us win games. For sure. Jake, how has it been bought in for you, obviously? Uh, coming from VMI, coming to Richmond, we talked about it in the summertime. Obvious culture change for you. Um, how has that whole adaptive process gone for you? Uh, it's been good. Um, coming from VMI, my first couple of years, we were pretty bad, to be honest with you, and mm-hmm. just going from that and trying to build a culture where you win, you have to buy in. And I think I've always been a person that's just bought in and I just want to win. And, you know, coming here, obviously the lifestyle is a little bit different. You know, it's a lot <laughs> less stress on the body maybe and um, the mental part of things. But, um, you know, I've really enjoyed it. I think everybody here, uh, I feel like I've been on the team all four years. I, I think the team is very close and I think that's what you need when you're trying to build a championship team. There's just a lot of love and everybody playing for each other. Hey, this is uh, obviously behind the web and the Richmond Coaches Show. But from that VMI perspective, to have the losing seasons that you did, how did that whole kind of transformation happen there? Because there are plenty of you who were VMI Kedats then who are Richmond Spiders now. I think it was just leaking out the the kids who really didn't want to just have it. You know, I think um, as we got a little bit older, I think more people started to buy in a little bit. And not saying those guys when I was first there didn't want to buy in, but I think it's just a culture change. You know, I think when people want to win, you know that those people want to win and you want to be around them more and start working more and just getting better and try anything you can to provide to help the team win. And um, I think that's what we did. And I th- think I'm seeing that here too. Yeah, it's just, that was going to be the follow-up there is that do you see some of that transformation here? Not that we've had those bats. We haven't. Um, but that there is something about this group. Coach talks about it all the time. Your teammates have talked about it, that there's just an it kind of chemistry about this group. Yeah, most definitely. If you just if you could see us out there on the field, we're just a bunch of kids having fun at this point. Um, we put a lot of work in during the week and, um, you know, everybody's out there just looking at each other and I got your back, you got my back type of thing. And I think we're doing a very good job, but, you know, we have to get better each week. There's a lot of things we can improve on. Russ, you talk about that a lot, but how much of that has to come from the players themselves? I mean, from Jacob Harris or Reese Yudinski or Tristan Wheeler or whomever, that they need to hear their own own voices to, to establish that bond, that chemistry. It all has to come from them. Every bit of it has to come from them. And they have to love each other. And, you know, obviously, coaches, we need to build trust with our players. And uh, we need to let them know we care about them. But the bottom line is they're in the locker room together. And that's the most important thing. You know, leadership, leadership from our football team, um, the love that they have for each other. That's all that all happens in the locker room. I I don't think it happens in a position meeting or, uh, you know, those types of things. So uh, I think our guys really, I mean, generally like each other and 
you don't want to do well for each other. Hey, you know, we had uh, your, your roommate on a few weeks ago, Reese Yudinsky, and he sheepishly, that was before you caught your first touchdown pass, and he sheepishly brought that up. He said, you know, life in the, in the place, uh, in the kitchen isn't real good right now because, because Jake's kind of wondering when I'm going to throw him a ball in the end zone. So was there a little, little friction going between you guys? I'm obviously tongue-in-cheek here, but he did mention he hadn't gotten you a touchdown pass. No, nah, yeah, there's, there's no hard feelings <laughs> at all. I think, you know, me and Reese have done plenty of great things yeah. in the past, so, I mean – Whoever he, whoever's open, if he can get the ball in the end zone, I don't even care. I could go the rest of the year without scoring again, and I'd be fine. Well, we want you to score again before the end of the year, just, yeah. just, just <laughs> for the record. Is there a lot of football talk in your in your place, uh, or do you kind of get away from it, or how do you guys? Is it just two of you at the at this point? I don't mean to pry. Oh uh, no, it's but, it's me, Reese, uh, Leroy Henley, and James Snavely. Oh, okay. Is there a lot of football talk there? Or do you kind of get away from the football stuff at all? Uh, yeah, we watch a lot of football. I mean. I think just being football players, we always somehow end up talking about football, like a play at practice or just something that happened. But there's always football talk. But we do we do, do a good job of, you know, just kind of relaxing and when we need to and um, just clearing our heads. You know, life isn't football 24-7. And uh, you have to be able to realize that and uh, give yourself a break when you need it. But I think we do a good job of that. Hey, we, we, uh, we've had Leroy on before, not this year, though, um, and he kind of flies a little bit under the radar. He's having a really good year, but, you know, you've gotten a lot of attention. Josiah gets a lot of attention. Reese gets a lot of attention. Um, kind of give us a little bit of the makeup of Leroy Henley and how he's feeling about the year he's having. Yeah, um, honestly, I don't, I don't know exactly how he's feeling about everything, but if, if I were to guess, he would say he would be up here saying the same things mm -hmm. I'm saying. Um, he's a very good team player. Uh, I see him work really hard, even just from when I first got here and before I met him. Uh, I, I kind of figured he'd be a very hard worker, and uh, he might be the hardest worker on the team, and um, that's just in my opinion. But he does a very good job, and uh, I think he's he's going to have a very good breakout game, one of these games. Um, Russ, you've talked about that before, about the improvement that he made this fall, summer, to get to where he is now. And the common denominator between both of those guys is their transfers. And I know you have to eye that market very carefully to make sure these guys – Obviously, you're talented, but kind of fit into this culture thing that we're talking about, yes? Yeah, I mean, Leroy came in, and he fit in really well right off the bat. Obviously, Jake and Reese have, have fit in, and Nick DiGennaro mm -hmm. um, have all fit in well. Um, the bottom line is they're good people. Um, you know, they're humble. They're, they're team-oriented people, all of them, and, you know, that makes a big difference. And, and then you tack on it, they're pretty good players. You know, that helps, but uh, we've been fortunate. Um, you know, I, I talked about Reese and, and you know, when Reese said, I don't need to, I, I don't need an official. But you don't need to do that, all that stuff for it. Same way with Jake's like, I mean, you, you don't have to do that. I'm good. Don't worry about it. And, you know, these kids nowadays, these high school kids, it's, you know, I, I got to put the bling on. I got to put the uniform on. I got to get in the locker room. I got, you got to tell me how much you love me. And, and, and these guys just came in and were really humble and, Coach, I'm, I'm coming to play football, and uh, don't worry about all this stuff. Save your money, you know, for something else. Huh. And um, great, great young men. If that had been you as a high school senior, how would you have handled that, Jake, as opposed to being a kind of a mature college guy who's been through this already? Yeah, I think, you know, you have to feel for the high school kids. You know, it's a very exciting time for them. But even since high school, I, you know, I didn't really care for all that. I think that's just kind of been my mentality mm -hmm. my whole life. So, 
that doesn't surprise us at all from, from knowing you for sure. Uh, halfway through, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, both these guys have their lunches. We'll let them gobble a little bit down for two or three minutes here. And we'll do another segment with Jacob Harris, Spider Wide Receiver. Behind the web, we're live at Glory Days Grill on the home of the Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Let's get back to the show. Behind the web, live from Glory Days in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Third and four, Richmond at the Elon 19. Dykes to the right of Udinsky. There's the shotgun snap. He pumps, he sets, he throws over the middle. Jacob Harris, his first Richmond Spider touchdown, comes in overtime from 19 yards out from Reese Udinsky. All right, there was that first touchdown pass that Reese threw to uh, to Jake. Uh, obviously, he's got, uh, what I say, 27, 28 career touchdowns. But that was the first as a Richmond Spider. Came in a key moment in that game. Obviously, didn't end the way we wanted it to. Jake, but what do you remember uh, about that one? So we had we had originally had another play called, I think, and we, had no, we knew they were going to be in man, I think, from that set. And then I think a timeout was called. I'm not really sure what happened. And then we came off the field and – the knowing the man look we had a great play call and um you know i just won my route and uh caught the ball that was a huge huge game for you i remember one catch on a 50 50 ball down the sideline where you're able to use your height and your athleticism to to grab it as a wide receiver do you kind of get into a little bit of groove when you're having that kind of day i mean i always say is it like a a baseball hitter who gets hot or a a jump shooter in basketball that gets hot how does a receiver kind of feel when things are going your way yeah, you just kind of lock in, and especially a game like that where plays are needed to be made, I feel like I'm at my best in those type of situations. And um, just hearing the play call, you know, not getting too high about things, not getting too low if you make a mistake. And um, But even from that game, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things I could have done much better and uh, maybe even had a bigger day. But, you know, you learn from it and uh, move on. Bigger days are, are coming. Hey, now that you've been, you know, through some of the CAA battles, um, and I don't really want to ask you to do it in this term, but you played in the Southern Conference for quite a while. Is it different kind of football? I mean, we all talk about the CAA being this great conference and the best in FCS football. Are you noticing differences in opponents or just the style of play? Anything along those lines between the CAA and SOCON? Um, I said this before, you know, I'd, I'd like to get everybody their credit. Um, I think if you're stepping out there, I give you credit, and I think you could play with anybody. But um, I, th- I definitely think the CAA um, – just a little bit, you know, bigger people, um, just faster in a sense, but um, not too much different, but just just, just a little bit. Russ, I know the one thing, you know, you had talked about from your days in the SOCON compared to the CAA is top to bottom in the CAA. Uh, it doesn't really matter who you're playing on a Saturday. I know that's a cliche, but it's kind of, you know, living out right before our eyes this season, whether it's Hampton or Albany or Stony Brook or Richmond or Delaware or William & Mary, it's a competitive game pretty much every Saturday and maybe not quite as much in the SoCon. That one's, that well, one's not on Mitchell, by yeah, the way. That, one, right. that one's on you there. Um, <laughs> probably, and again, I think in the CAA, you know, it's every week is is tough. And, and, and I think from top to bottom, it's a really, really good league. Um, you know, I, I think I said this before when, I, when we had Chattanooga, you know, I could look at three and say we got those three. You know, and you could now you now you plan around everybody else. 
but you know there were a lot of times I could look at three and say we're going to get those here you know you go down the schedule and, and they're all going to be tough and it's just how you play and how you match up in the league and, and what happens throughout the league but you can see that you know Albany almost beats Villanova and uh, I mean and in Hampton beats all I mean it's just it's nuts week in and week out is that kind of the fun part of this now Jacob I mean obviously put ourselves in a position to be there I'm not looking ahead but obviously these are exciting games right now for a team that's getting better week in and week out yeah obviously we you know we have a big uh four stretch games coming up here and um but you can really just focus on the next one but you know you i can't say i haven't thought about delaware and william and mary and stuff like that but i mean just this week maine coach said it you just got to go one and oh and um Next week, it's the same goal, and the week after that, and I'm um, just trying to improve and get better and learn from the last one. How much better is this offense getting? Is it kind of humming the way you, you do remember it, the way Reese runs it? We've talked with offensive linemen a lot this year and how far they've come from, like, week one when they were gasping for breath to where they are now and having a good time watching the defensive linemen gasping for breath, and they're, they're trained for this tempo. Yeah, um, obviously we've made some great improvements since week one. I think uh, we were trying to, you know, just get under our feet a little bit and um, mm-hmm. just get our connections and um, just learn everything inside and out like we should. And uh, I think everybody has a little bit of a better understanding of the offense and what they have to do to, uh, you know, help everybody else out. Let's get a little bit of a off-the-field better understanding of Jacob Harris before we let you go and, and finish those wings. And by the way, there is a backstory to the wings here at Glory Days, right? Every, every week that our player guest has ordered wings has been a win, right? You were told that? Mm-hmm. So I hope you like wings. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. I do. Good. So we're, we're going to keep that going this week. So that's the uh, Glory Days um, uh, goal, the karma from, from Glory Days is, is the wings. Give us a little bit about the, the Jacob Harris uh, uh, background. Uh, we mention all the time you're from Easton, <clears throat> Pennsylvania, but there's really more Jersey in you than Easton, PA, right? Yeah, my whole family's from Jersey. I was born in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Um, I moved to Pennsylvania when I was one. Um, I have two older brothers. I have two nephews. I have a godson. Um, I'm just off the field. I I think I'm just a really I'm a family guy. You know, I love my friends. I love hanging out with my friends. Just even if we're not doing nothing, I just like being around people that I enjoy spending time with. Um, I got a miniature American Eskimo dog at home. Oh, nice! Looks like a little like white husky. Uh, He's like my best friend. I love that dog so much. (laughs) And uh, you know, both my parents, my dad Joe, my mom Rhonda, love him to death. They've done so much for me, and I'm. just happy to be in the spot that I'm at right now. Uh, so you grew up in Easton, which is kind of in that nebulous area in Pennsylvania. You could be a Philly guy, a Pittsburgh guy, a New York guy. Where where do you fall in that? Knowing the answer to this question already, where do you fall in that, Jake? <laughs> yeah, so it's actually right on the border of Jersey, and our rival high school is actually Phillipsburg High School in, in Jersey, Jersey, so it's like a little cross battle over the Delaware type of thing, but... You know, I like to I like to say I'm from Easton. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is, but you know, I I'm proud to be from there and grow up there and I made a lot of good memories there. So, I like I like to claim Easton. But you claim the Giants yes, as sir. your favorite NFL team, right? Yes, sir. Is that I is that a family thing? How did that happen? Uh it's mostly a family thing. My oldest brother, he's a Jets fan, but um I think them just being from Jersey, it's just that's just how it worked out and 
That's just how it worked out for me. How surprised are you that they are the Giants? Well, both of them, right? The Giants are six and one, and the Jets, I think, are five and two, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, I I don't know what happened, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just a shift in culture, and um, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, Russ, you were mentioning there's there's a connection between you and uh, the Giants' first year head coach Brian Dable, huh? Yeah, Dabes was uh, a volunteer assistant, worked with me, kind of helped in the secondary uh, at William and Mary a while back, and uh, he uh, obviously he he left there and, and GA'd at uh, Michigan State with Nick Saban, and then his career kind of took off pretty good. Um, so I, I'm rooting for the Giants this year. I'm rooting for the Bills this year with. Uh, McDermott, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, those guys, you know, uh, obviously Coach uh, Coach McDermott and I are really close, and I, I coached him for four or five years. So it's fun. It's You know, I don't get to watch any of the games, so I don't, I don't watch them play until, you know, we're done in the playoffs and those types of things. So, um, but it's fun to see him do well. And uh, Mike Tomlin, of course, who was a player at William & Mary, now, now of course, very successful with the Steelers. Quite a pipeline uh, there, Dan, obviously. Dan Quinn was Dan the other Quinn, one. right? Yeah. Yep, that, was, that was another one um, for sure. So it's like the dream maybe to play for the Giants someday there, Jake? Or? Yeah, I mean, that would be cool, but, you know, whatever team gives me the opportunity, yeah. I'll be very happy. For sure. We would be happy as well. But let's not rush it, right? We've got a lot more football to go with you uh, wearing that spider on your helmet before, before those days come about. Jake, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Enjoy the wings, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the plane tomorrow and up there at uh, Maine for the game on Saturday. I appreciate it. Thank you. Jacob Harris, everyone, our spider guest on Behind the Web this afternoon. we got one more segment to go with Coach Usman. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. If you've got email or text questions or comments, now's the time to get them to me, and we'll get them on the air. If you're in the house and got questions, bring them up to us, scribble them on a napkin or whatever you need to do, and we'll answer those for you as well. Behind the Web at richmond.edu is the email. 804-327-0888 is the text line. Back with our final segment of today's Behind the Web after this on 1061 ESPN. Keeping you up to date with Richmond football. This is Behind the Web, live from Glory Days Grill and the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 1061 ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network. Hey, let me do this before I forget about it because a lot of you came in the restaurant today before the show and we were setting up and I've had some questions even around campus about coverage of Saturday's game. Of course, it's on radio, 1061 ESPN. We'll have it starting at 1230 with our pregame, although we're down a man this week because Matt Smith can't make the trip. So it's just Chris Anderson and me on this one this week. I think we'll be able to persevere, but uh, we won't have Matt on the sideline this week, but it will be uh, Chris and me on the call from up there as far as the tv slash video it is on flow sports that is the subscription live video streaming package of the caa there is no local television in our area and that's because of the caa contract with flow sports that does not allow us to bring the game back on masson or nbc sports washington uh, they're raring and ready to do it if we could uh, but that's the contract the caa has with flow sports i'm not trying to throw them under the bus that's just the data and that's just kind of the way it is so that's why for those of you who have asked why is there no local television of these away games uh, that's the reason so flow sports is a live video streaming and obviously 1061 ESPN um, on the radio side. Uh, 
All right, uh, Russ, uh, let me do a little more name-dropping real quick because let, I, I was reminded of this, but the Jets' general manager is Joe Douglas, who, who played Lee Davis High School when it was called Lee Davis High School in Mechanicsville and then uh, played for the University of Richmond and done a great job um, with what he's done with the New York Jets. Yeah, I, I'm root for the Jets, too. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I've got about four or five in the Bengals. <clears throat> I don't know anybody with the Bengals, but I grew up in Cincinnati. So so I got about six teams that I really <laughs> I look at. At and, and, and root for, but you know, Joe, Joe uh, spoke to our team on Zoom during the uh, COVID time and and did a great job. And uh, he, he's an impressive person. Just really shows what. Uh the uh, University of Richmond alumni are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm glad they're being patient with him there in New York because they're starting to turn things around, and he, is, he has certainly done uh, a solid job. Just as doing some prep work on the, the main Black Bears coach, uh, their former receiver, who I think we saw the last time we played them, Andre Miller, mm-hmm. probably 2019. He yep. signed with the Giants uh, on, their, on their practice squad. And then the name Moss will probably be oh, familiar yeah. on I this, heard, on yeah, this main Moss team, is, right? Yeah, Randy right. Moss's kid is one of their wide receivers yep. right yep what, what's he shown on tape there coach been pretty good uh, you right? know i, I also had to look at his numbers yeah. so what number is he if you could tell me that i, I could 81, probably tell one but i'll double check that for you because i'm still doing yeah. my my chart uh, but yeah randy moss's kid and i know he's been uh featured on sports center already for for mossing his opponent out oh, there so he's no. yeah so we can't let that happen this week no. yeah uh, montego moss 208 pound junior number 81 81 yeah for uh, for maine so we'll keep an eye on him they have another star from maine i'm going to go way off path here did you know that the uh, mvp of the american league championship series for the houston astros jeremy pena played his college baseball at the university of maine they got a good baseball they program do. up there. Yes. People don't realize that. They, they play good baseball. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I did not know that until they were talking about him being the MVP of the Astros that he played right right behind the stadium, right? The baseball field's right there behind behind the football stadium there at Maine. We'll see it Saturday mm-hmm. when we get up there. What else are we going to see from these Maine Black Bears? Uh, their quarterback certainly is a guy that we've, we've played against and has been a pretty good uh, passer, and he, and he can do some damage running the ball, can he? Well, if you remember in, in 19, uh, they had the other guy starting, and I'm not sure if he got in hurt, um, but they brought uh, Joe in there in the second half, and I remember he, he popped a couple big runs on us. Uh, throws a great ball, and uh, the thing is he, he can beat you with his feet. We, that's what we got to be really conscious of. We can't, you know, <clears throat> he's going to complete some balls, but uh, we can't let him – you know, pop a 30, 40 yarder on us. We got to contain him. He, uh, he he does have great mobility and can run. So he's tough. They got a running back. They're huge up front offensively, mm-hmm. and they always are. Yep. You know, if you you don't ever go to Maine without huge offensive linemen, um, they're always they always got a defensive lineman or two that are tremendous players. They always got a linebacker and a and a DB, and and so they'll be you know they'll be long and athletic and. Um, um, you know they're they're two and five, but you know they 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 miss a field goal this past week, and that would have had them three and one in the league mm-hmm. and still in the picture. And you know at two losses, I'm sure they're talking about nothing's over yet. Anything could happen. A lot of people could beat a lot of people. So I I know they don't think at two and five their season's over. And they have a first-year head coach and a guy who played at Maine. So I'm sure he's just now kind of building his culture in, in Jordan Stevens, right? Yeah. I mean, again, they do a nice job. Um, you know, they've just, they, you know, they've gotten 
uh, yeah, again, they miss they miss a field, field goal, goal to win a yep. game, and they're three and one in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, do you go back and look at that 2019 game much? Uh, maybe a couple of the players that are still there. I'm sure there aren't a, a whole lot, and obviously the coaching staff had changed. Uh, no, um, I, I went back and looked special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it to see what they did to us and how they tried to defend us, attack us. Other than that, we didn't go back and look offensively and defensively um, because it, there are new coordinators there. And uh, <clears throat> so, but special teams, I did go back and look. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, so you had all all the tape from this season, even with a new coaching staff to kind of dive into, right? Yeah, I mean, when you got seven games, that yeah. at that point in time, you got seven. You watch them all, but you can't, you know, you can't say let's use all these games in the breakdown. It's it's absolutely you can't it's do much, it. There'll yeah. be too many too many numbers there. So you know, we we normally take about four uh, games and and break them down and put them in the cut up. Uh, obviously, we watch every game for any special plays, anything different. But for the most part, the breakdown will consist of you know four games and and kind of similar defenses to what we do as, as close as possible. Um, email question for you. Uh, speaking of injuries a little bit, kind of how we're doing without kind of giving away anything that may or may not be on the too deep, but we mentioned during the commercial, you're okay on this one. I did have an email question asking about Savon Smith and, and his health. Yeah, he'll play this week. Um, so yesterday felt great. Uh, walk through today, and then tomorrow he'll practice some. And I uh, think you'll be ready for Saturday. Hey, real quick, Jacob, throw that headset back on. Uh, certainly unscripted, unplanned. But with Savon out last week, you had the opportunity to uh, return punts for the first time this season. What was uh, – and Coach is already laughing. So there must be a good story here before we leave you this afternoon. Uh, what was the experience of returning punts like last week? No, yeah, I think, you know, watching football and a lot of punt returners make it look a lot easier than it is and it's it's honestly a little nerve-wracking to be back there and there's my first time I think the last time I caught a punt was my freshman year of college and uh, just being back there I but I think having that game under my belt now if I need to go back there again I'll, I'll, I'll be okay why are you laughing coach well because we were in the special teams meeting and uh you know, we're watching the punt return. I said, now, Jake, you probably, you know, you probably could have returned this one. And I understand, you know, it's your first time out there. I said, but you see, now we could have got some yards here. We could have got some yards here. And uh, I said, hey, Jake, uh, were you nervous? He said, I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- and then I started busting on those, those stinking kick return guys. Like, because they all laughed, and and I said, returning a punt is the hardest thing to do in football, no questions asked. I said, you guys back there catching kickoffs, you can muff it, fumble it, pick it up, and then and then go take it off. Uh, I said, uh, I said that's easy. I said, Will Aaron's is back there catching punts for us, <laughs> our kickoffs Duck for us. Punt. Yeah, so. Uh, it's a t- it's a tough racket, and he he did a really good job with it. So, uh, but I, I, nothing against him. I want to get Savon back. I love Savon back there. You know, Me too. he's <laughs> he, like he's a little different. Obviously, he can make you miss and do those types of things with the ball in his hands. I think the key, though, Jacob, was just catching the punts last week, right? You, what we really didn't want to have happen was it bounce and roll 15, well, to, 20 to, yards. To his credit, we on the last one, we told him not to catch it, so yeah. we let that one go. Ah. So anybody out there blaming him for not catching the last punt, that's not nope, on him. Not at all. But the others you, you caught to at least make sure that we didn't have bad field position, right? I mean, that was got to be one of your goals there, right? Yeah, that's, just, that's the most important thing, just 
turnover free and special teams. You didn't return any of them, did you? Right? No. Not <laughs> maybe you'll get a chance. Maybe chance I will. You never know. Maybe, but uh, and for those of you listening on radio, Jacob was nodding his head up and down when Coach said Savon will be back there this week. So, but great job doing that. Great Thank job. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he's a team player, man. He'll do anything to help the team. No question about that. All right, keys keys for Saturday. Uh, and this comes from Ivan, of course, Russ. You know, just what can you tell us about Maine? You've already done that, but just what you want to see from your team. We started the program talking about getting better week by week, and it does certainly that's happening. What's the next step in that progress Saturday? Well, I sound like a broken record, and I sound like a broken record to our football team. Um, every, every week, it's <clears throat> what's the first thing I say, Jake? On Mondays? No, on, uh, pregame. <laughs> I'll go one and know. Well, that, but no turnovers, obviously. See, he listens to Coach October a little bit <laughs> yeah. better than he nah. listens to I talk to the team every week about being turnover-free and penalty-free. Yeah. No stupid penalties. Those two things have to happen to give you a chance. And now there's a lot of other things that go into it, obviously, how we play up front, you know, how we do throwing, whatever, getting first down. But it starts with turnover-free, penalty-free. No stupid penalties. And I've seen so many games get beat. That, that, that idiot that throws the punch at the end, and he gets called the 15-yarder, keeps a drive alive, uh, you know, a, a turnover. So all those things, I mean, those two things are, are critical, and I'll say it every week. And without jinxing it, though, the guys have listened every week because this year's team has been really sharp in both mm -hmm. those categories. I mean, I think nationally we're leading FCS football in fewest penalties Per game and turnovers. Both and I'm not them. trying to jinx anything, but you know. we are fewest yeah. penalties and uh, uh, fewest turnovers. Um, and you're, how you're much jinxing anything? I tell these guys that too. I mean, I I don't believe in jinxes. I don't either, really. <laughs> but I certainly know enough players and coaches who do. So you know, but but those are two obvious obvious keys to to victory for the Spiders week in and week out are the penalties which haven't happened and the turnovers which certainly haven't happened. I know you'd probably like to see a few more turnovers from your defense huh yeah i mean we probably are you know middle of the pack on track to be middle of the pack and but but again if if, if we're forcing i mean i think we hampton had to punt nine times yeah i mean we're forcing punts you know those types of things so I, again if you if if we don't get a turnover defensively we don't turn one over and we're forcing three and outs um you know that's that's fine with me. And your punter and kicker did their jobs again last week. Mm -hmm. How uh, about that? Yep, really good. And you talk about that net punting average all the time. No one's really returning punts against your punt coverage team right now, which helps. Yeah, the Aussie's doing good, man. <laughs> Love the Aussie. Uh, you know, he's getting it up there, and, and, and we're covering really well. Jabril Hayes covers great. Rankin covers great. So proud of those guys. Jacob Harris, thanks for being our guest. Appreciate it. Coach Usman, thanks. See you on the plane. Right, See you up there at Maine. Thank you all for being here today. Loved having you with us. Airtime is 1230 Saturday from Orono, Maine, Richmond, and the Maine Black Bears coming at you live right here. Thank you, Mitchell Bradley on location and Robert Oley in our studio. Talk to you Saturday at 1230 with Spider Football on 1061 ESPN. You've been listening to Behind the Web from Glory Days Grill and the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, featuring head coach Russ Huseman. Today's show has been brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Bryant Heating and Cooling, World of Beer, Lux Chevrolet, 
and Virginia 529. Join us throughout the college football season for Behind the Web presented by Glory Days Grill. Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship station of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Playfly Sports in association with Richmond Sports Properties.